Everybody ready for a nap today? Right? I woke up ready for a nap. Um, as we approach Christmas, it's a really fun time. We actually talked about uh, traditions this morning in Sunday school. And one that just immediately comes to mind is driving around and looking at, at Christmas lights. And we see lights all around us. And we see them on our trees. We see houses covered in lights. And then we dream of all the awesome gifts coming our way. That's such a picture, right? Of the gift given. Of the light come in the darkest of times. Come to save men. To save sinners. You know, we live in a world where it can be easily forgotten that man is stuck in sin and darkness. Now, there's a lot of narratives and worldviews out there that tell us that man is basically good and that we can overcome everything that overwhelms us. But the Bible is very clear, as we've seen, that we have gone our own way into darkness and we are all near death's door. But the light came. Right? Those amazing passages that we see in Scripture, but God, right? But the light came. The free gift of God bears witness to us all of the love and grace of God. John records this in his gospel. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. And he was in the world, and the world was made through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to his own and his own people did not receive him. That's a pretty sad statement, right? Like, oh man. But, right? But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. That's a beautiful statement. Beautiful truth. And then John goes on and states this, and the word became flesh, right? Because the word in the beginning, the word was with God and is God and became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. I love that passage of scripture and, and many passages of scripture that point out the amazing truth that God gives us. And Psalm 107 is one of those as we've been looking at it. And today we'll see that yes, yes, we've missed, we've messed up, trying to, missed up, messed up, yeah, trying to say both words at the same time. We have messed up, we have missed the mark. By choice, we have sinned and we are unable to save ourselves. But it also says this, we have a choice before us. We can receive truth or not. And those that receive truth, right? And the first one's the bad news, right? We've sinned, we've fallen short, but the good news, it makes the good news good because we're in the situation that we're in and God has come for us. And that those that receive the truth are born from above. They are redeemed by the Lord that's what Christmas is all about, right? As we look at the next passage in 107, Psalm 107, 
we'll see that the Lord is working his wonders among the children of man. Let's uh, go to prayer before we turn in the passage, turn to the passage. Uh, Father, thank you. Thank you so much for this season. Just uh, all the lights and the wonder that in the time and the fulfillment of old time at the right time your son was born of a woman born under the law to redeem to be a ransom for the many to come for the whoever believe upon him how amazing is that truth how amazing is that grace father as we uh, are 15 days away from the day of just the celebration and, and feasting with family and, and exchanging gifts, we we can get lost in the, the season of everything's got to get done now and the store is way too full of people and the hustle and bustle go. But Lord, let us just be mindful of the greatest gift ever given, your son given for sinners that is precious blood was poured out that his body was broken for us that we would not die anymore that there we would be born again in him father be with us in this time help us uh, rid us of all of our distractions of uh, things that have taken place this last week and then as we are looking forward to this week and the hustle and bustle and things that need to be done Lord, that we would just take this time, this opportunity to look upon your word together and to be encouraged, to be cut through by your word, to be equipped, that we go through life aiming to please you and that we can know that you are present with us. That through Christ we have a relationship with you, Father, that as our needs are many or our needs are few, are are big or little that we can lift them up to you and we can go through life knowing that we are held by your hand and thank you for today lord Uh, be with us as we study in the name of jesus we pray amen well please uh turn in your bibles with me to psalm 107 or 107 right You know, we uh, lived in Denver when we were first married, and uh, I'd always tell my mom to, yeah, turn on 120th. It's one of the exits in Denver, and she'd be like, 120, 100, 120. <laughs> uh, but there was a Super 8 that they really liked staying at there. So, 100, 100. So, 107th. Uh, We will be in verses uh, 17 through 32 today. And let's uh, read the passage together. And then uh, all together. You don't have to read with me, but (laughs) if you want to. And then break it up as we go on. The psalmist writes this. Some were fools through their sinful ways. And because of their iniquity, suffered affliction. They loathed any kind of food, and they drew near the gates, drew near to the gates of death. 
Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He sent out his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man. And let them offer sacrifices of thanksgiving and tell of his deeds and song, songs of joy. Some went down to the sea in ships doing business with, on the great waters. They saw the deeds of the Lord, his wondrous works in the depth. For he commanded and raised the, the stormy wind, which lifted up the waves of the sea. They mounted up to the heaven, up to heaven. They went down to the depths. Their courage melted away in their evil plight. They reeled and staggered like drunk men, and they were at their wits' end. They cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He made the storm be still, and the waves of the sea were hushed. Then they were glad that the waters were quiet, and he brought them to their desired haven. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man. Let them extol him in the congregation of his people, of the people, and praise him in the assembly of the elders. This is the word of the Lord. The main point of this passage is showing that, yes, humanity has foolishly suffered because of our choice. And we are all on the way towards death. Yet when they cry, when we cry to God, we are delivered. We see that the Lord has done this and that we are to praise him for his steadfastness. I love these two events, you know, through different events, we can see that humanity is at our wit's end and that we need to cry, cry out to the Lord in our troubles for he will still the storms. And he does that and therefore we should give thanks to the Lord before all. Now the psalmist wants us to know this. He wants us to see who the Lord is that he is the true light, that he is the hope, right? That going to him is the condition, as we talked about in Sunday school. For he alone is the redeemer. The psalmist tells us that some were fools. They didn't listen to Solomon. They didn't hear the words of the proverb that states, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. They went forward thinking they could find insight somewhere else, that they could overcome what had overwhelmed all of humanity, be it through physical means or through the mind or through other religious paths. But they were foolish because they yet did not listen to the proverb that states this, the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. We start and stay with the Lord God of the Bible. 
and follow his revealed way and will through the text of Scripture. And then let us not forget also what another proverb states. The fear of the Lord is instruction. Sorry, the fear of the Lord is instruction. It is wisdom and humility comes before honor. I see humanity wants to go its own way. We demand honor, yet are not really humble. We want wisdom, yet we forget to listen to instruction. And we fear the wrong things rather than the Lord. <coughs> so in this, their taste is gone. I like how the psalmist brings that out. You know, it's like, you can't eat, can't sleep, something's wrong, right? Their taste is gone. Maybe the, the joy of life and, and just, you know, everything's just bland. And death is near. They are down and out. They can't enjoy the, the very good things that God has given all of us. Because they see no reason and there is no hope in death. But thankfully, the, the text states this next in, in verse 19. The psalmist states, Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. This is the amazing thing of the God of the Bible. He is not affected, or, you know, he's not affected by sin, right? It doesn't, it's not a part of him. He is good. He calls us home. And once we have met that, once we have met that condition of, of crying out to him, then we are met with amazing grace. We are welcomed home. See, God wants us to, to heed his calls. He wants us to come to our senses like the prodigal in Luke 15. And once we do, once we come to our senses and head home, what does the father do? He brings him back into the family. We are heard. We're brought back in. We're, we're hidden in Christ, right? We're enveloped. We're given a new garment, just as the son is in that parable. The Lord's word is sent out to them, and he heals and delivers those who cry out to him from destruction. Amen. <laughs> the Lord brings us back to himself. Even as we deal with the brokenness of the fall here and now, we are justified. And one day we will be fully delivered as we hear from John in his first letter. He states this, Beloved, we are God's children now. In the present, right? He's here with us now. And what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. See, we will not face destruction. We will be delivered as we rest in the Lord. Today, with our sin and brokenness, we have the word. And we have the Holy Spirit residing in us. And we have each other. We have a body of believers 
that we can all be encouraged and equipped to walk in this life together, to aim to please the one that has come for us. The psalmist tells those that have been redeemed that we ought to praise him, that we need to be offering thanksgiving to the Lord. Right? Not just at turkey time, but all the time. We tell of the deeds of the Lord. We should look upon the love of God in awe and we should see his steadfast love for sinners and be in wonder. The songs are an important part of the Christian faith. Singing of the deeds of God right after the events of the Red Sea crossing in the book of Exodus, we see this song. song. Please turn in your Bibles with me to Exodus, Exodus chapter 15. We'll just read the first uh, three verses. It's a song of Moses. And scripture records this. Then Moses and the people of Israel sang this song to the Lord, saying, I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horses and his riders have been thrown and his rider have been thrown. Sorry. <laughs> the horse and his rider. He has been thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. This is my God, and I will praise him, my Father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. When we see the wonders of God, we are right to sing about them we are right to tell of them for he is grand and great through these deeds and through these events and throughout the bible and throughout even our lives as believers we can come and see it again and again that the lord is my strength and my song and he has become my salvation and then we can and should sing about these about these wonders with songs of joy. For in the Lord we have joy abundantly and we should sing <coughs> sing it out so all can hear and all can see that the Lord indeed is wonderful and mighty. The psalmist continues with telling of another event of life that these people, they, they went down to the harbor to do business on the sea and they saw the wondrous works of the Lord. They saw that creation pointed to the creator. They saw the might of the sea and they thought of the might of the Lord and it terrified them. And it states their courage melted away because they had not sought God, right? But evil plight is what the psalmist states. They weren't on the right path, whether it was, you know, in their selling and buying or, or how they dealt with people or, or even just like they weren't doing what they were supposed to. They faced the consequences of their wrong actions. But then this happens in verse 28. 
of Psalm 107. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. This is what the Lord wants. He, he wants the wicked to turn from their sins. Ezekiel records this saying from the Lord, As I live, declares the Lord, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his sin, that, sorry, turn from his way and live. Turn back, turn back from your evil ways, for why will you die, O house of Israel? It's even addressed to the people of Lord there in Ezekiel. God doesn't want the wicked to perish. He wants them to turn and find life. For the Lord finds no pleasure in their death. That is why he sent his son. Now please turn your Bibles with me to Romans, Romans chapter 5. chapter 5 verses 6 through 11 Paul writes this for while we were still weak at the right time Christ died for the ungodly for one will scarcely die for a righteous person though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die but God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners Christ died for us since, therefore, we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if, while we were still, still, <laughs> for while we were enemies, we were reconciled by God by the death of his son, much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we now have received reconciliation. We were unable. But God came for us at the right moment and died for all of the ungodly. And as Paul has pointed out through the book of Romans in chapter 1 through 3, that's that's everybody. You can check the box, right? We're all in that boat. So the wicked have this before them. To turn or not. To be justified or not. To be saved from wrath or not. If we receive reconciliation in a reconciled state, we who were enemies of God are now made alive to God. How amazing that is. You know, the sinner in this event cried out to God and the Lord stilled the storm. Even the waves were hushed. And this made me think of what is recorded in the Gospel of Mark about another storm. Mark records this. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in a boat, just as he was, Jesus and the disciples. And other boats were with him, and a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, and that the boat 
was already filled. But he was in the stern, asleep on a cushion. And they woke him, saying, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was great calm. It's interesting that actually that Greek word says still, like it stilled. And then this is the disciples' reaction. And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? Because in the Old Testament, the only person that could deal with the sea is God. That's it. So they're like, ooh, <laughs> right? They're freaking out. Like, like wait. Say what? Yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's true today as well, but it's the Jewish mindset, sorry. <laughs> In the, you know, I know, it's, it's only God. So Jesus is God. That's the point of Mark 4. Uh, well, all of Mark, all the Gospels are, are showing who Jesus is and showing that the disciples didn't even get it. You know, this pointed the disciples to the truth that Jesus is not just some rabbi or some military leader as that was the view of the time that was going to crush all the Gentiles and bring about a Jewish kingdom. He, he'll do that. That's coming. I know he is the Lord in the flesh, the very Son of God, who has come to deal with their perishing, right? I think that almost brings us, you know, it wakes up like, yeah, I'm, I'm about that. This is a little problem. I'm dealing with a big problem, right? You know, sin and death. He came to deal with those things. It's pointing all of us who read it to this amazing truth as well, that the Lord alone is the one who hushes the waves. The Lord brought them out of their distress and brought them to their desired haven. It is with great joy and great rest that we are redeemed by the Lord. <clears throat> the psalmist ends this section with this. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man. Let them extol him in the congregation of the people to greatly praise his extol. And praise him in the assembly of the elders. More than any other people, more than any other group, we who are redeemed have the most reason to sing because it's not about a team winning or some romantic mood or, or comedy. It's about a great and mighty God who has come for us, who has a passion for us and has a joy to redeem us. This is the heart of our Father. He wants us back for he knows that apart from us, we will only destroy ourselves. So he comes for us. The author of Hebrews puts it like this. We look, we look to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. We call it the passion of the Christ for a reason. Because it wasn't an accident that Jesus got crucified somehow. Right, there's, there's some people are like, oh yeah, it's just a, you know, he said too many things against the elite and everything. No, it was, his, it was his mission. 
He set his face like a flint towards Jerusalem and towards the cross. For it was the plan from the ages to save sinners. And he did it. And he's doing it because of the great joy set before him. And Jude, the half-brother of Jesus, tells us more of this joy in his little letter. He states this, Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy, to the only God, our Savior, through Christ Jesus our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen. This is the joy of Jesus. It's a good book title. To bring justified sinners before the Father, clean and blameless by his blood. This is the passion of God. And therefore, we should tell of our redemption. We should tell our story. We should give our testimony. We should tell of the events of how we heard and how we responded to the Lord and how we are redeemed by the great and mighty God. And we tell of it, we sing of it, we sing of him, we sing to him. Uh, Paul states this to the church in Ephesians. He says, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord, right? It's to each other, right? Songs, you ever think about that? Like we're encouraging each other by singing? I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And we're, and we're praising the Lord as well. Right To the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then he states this in Colossians to another church down the road. He says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing <coughs> psalms and hymns and spiritual songs thanksgiving thankfulness in your hearts to God and whatever you do in word or deed do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks to God the Father through him and see in those couple little passages two uh, four verses right the church is invited to sing to give thanks to have the word richly dwell in us so it can pour out of us in song that we would give thanks to the one who has come for us. That we would point others to him. So that they may know the joy and the love of God. Well, let's uh, close in a word of prayer. Now, Father God, we, we thank you for today. We thank you for everything that you have given us, Lord. All the blessings that you have poured out upon us. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your love for us sinners. That as this season just pictures it so well that in the darkness the light came. That the light took on flesh and dwelt among us. That whoever receives him is born again. Thank you for that amazing truth, that amazing grace, Lord. Be with us as we go about our, our day, as we go about our week, and we 
you know, as we as we invite people or are able to come and help uh, with with the brunch coming, Lord, we just pray that the love of God will just pour out, and that all of Simla, all of Colorado, all of the United States, and all of the world will know that you love them, Lord. That is your joy and your passion to redeem sinners. We just uh, thank you for today. Be with us as we go on our way. And may we aim to please you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.